Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Praise God. The Lord is here. He's confirming stuff. So I also want to just say, uh, you know, thank you to, you know, Pastor and Pastora for just opening up their lives and pouring into ours. And just opening up the space that, you know, I have the privilege to to share. But that's what they do. They raise us up. They bless us. So can we give a round of applause for our pastor and pastora? <laughs> Hallelujah. And this is my beautiful wife. I want to honor my beautiful wife. Hallelujah. I met her at church. So praise God. That's where you find them. And uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, there's multiple people. Yes, only one. Only, you only get one. It's not Old Testament, okay? One is enough. Plenty, plenty, plenty. So, uh, so as we, as as I have the privilege to continue today's message on the the Epiphany series um, and reflecting on today, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Oh, okay. I can see you guys. So, in reflecting on this message today. Uh, the Lord brought to my mind and to my uh, spirit, like, when my aha moment. Everyone say, aha. Okay, no, that doesn't count, Pastor. Uh, so, my aha moment was uh, right before I got saved, it was a, you know, I lived a very crazy life. And uh, it was 15, 16 years ago. And uh, and right before I got saved, it was just, I was addicted to a lot of stuff, a lot of substance abuse. Um, very close calls. I could have died a few times. But I didn't. And uh, somebody came up to me and said, Duke, you know, you try a lot of stuff to be, you know, happy. Why don't you try God? And uh, he invited me to a youth retreat. And I, I went to this youth retreat, and I, I didn't really want to be there, to be honest. And I'm all the way in the back, 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 way back. Everyone say, wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and when I was all the way in the back, I, uh, I, the, the pastor is preaching on something. I believe it was forgiveness or something like that. And I got mad because I, I felt somebody drop some water on my shirt. And I was just like, I, first of all, I, thought, I, I believe I'm in the back. And then who the heck is not like paying attention? And, and I look, there's no one there. And I'm like, that's weird. And, and I'm there and I just feel this sensation uh, just coming all, all over me, which I now know is the Holy Spirit. And I hear the voice of God for the first time in my life. I hear the voice of God. And the voice of God says, hey, dude, he doesn't say all that. He just says, you need to forgive your dad. That's all he said. You need to forgive your dad. And of course, when naturally, when we, the author of the universe, God Almighty speaks to you, you know what I did after that, right? What did I do? I argued with him. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I forgive my dad. No, he's, he messed up my life. He, he, that's why I'm in this situation. My, my, my life's hard. And I begin to go back and forth with the voice. And, uh, and then finally I said, okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll forgive my dad. And I'm just, just, you know, a mess. And uh, as soon as I forgive my dad, I say, I forgive him. I just say the words, I forgive you. Then I get so overwhelmed by the presence of God, I fall to the ground. And God delivered me from just so many substances. And I got saved. You guys heard the testimony before. And uh, that's how I became a Christian. Amen. Praise God. So can we, can we clap for that? Amen. So that's that was my first aha moment with God. And, you know, if you're saved this morning, you've had an aha moment with God too, right? Right? And if you're not saved, hey, today could be the day where you have the aha moment. I pray that it is because uh, that aha moment is when, see, God is, he's already there. And the aha is when somebody that was already there, it becomes revealed and we can see him. And uh, that was my aha moment, and everyone has their own. But uh, so, Josh, I need the lights to be lowered, please. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to ooh, we're going to go to Isaiah nine because these lights are Isaiah nine verse one through four, and that's going to come up here. And we're going to read these two scriptures, and then we'll go from there. Hallelujah. says, but there will be no more gloom for 
Hallelujah. Josh, are we able to do anything with the lights? Uh, okay. Is there a different? Because they're really bright. Uh, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In early times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephitali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it, it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan. Galilee of the Gentiles. Ooh, that's much better. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall, you shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders the rod of the oppressor as at the battle of the of Midian. If you can go to verse 2 again real quick, please. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in dark in a dark land, the light will shine on them. And then we're going to go to uh, Romans 9, 33, and then we'll pray. It says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. He who believes in in him will not be disappointed. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for this message. I pray, Lord God, that as the light of your word comes and your truth comes to our heart, I pray that every single person under the sound of my voice would begin to open up their hearts to the message. I pray, Lord God, that as you said in this word, that those who trust on that rock, they shall not be ashamed. And we know that you, what you said you would do, you would do that. And not one would leave ashamed when they trust in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in Romans 9:33, I just want to uh, we're going to look at this. We're going to we're going to get we're we're getting somewhere. So we got to I got to build and then we're going to get somewhere. But in Romans 9:33, it says a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And so really quick, uh, that stone of course is Jesus. When we're reading there, it's Jesus. And that, also rep that rock also represents the truth. And that rock also, the truth we know that the Bible says that when truth comes, what comes with truth? Light. When, when truth comes, light comes. Amen? Amen. Are you guys awake this morning? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to be preaching to you and my wife. You guys are going to be talking back to me. I like that. And Zach, too. You're going to be talking back to me. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to... Uh, a story of Joseph, and that's in Genesis 37. And in Genesis 37, you guys probably know the story of Joseph. How many people have heard about Joseph before? All right, you guys. All right, come on, participate with me, all right? All right, so Joseph, uh, if you don't know about the story, we're going to read a little bit about him. But Joseph is uh, in the Old Testament, and he is the son of Jacob, okay? And uh, Jacob had 12 sons. And uh, so we're going to read in verse 37, and we're just going to read the Bible. Is that Okay. We're going to read the Bible this morning, all right? So in verse 37, verses 1 through 9, you, I'll give you a moment to get there yourselves, and I'm going to read that. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. There are the gener these are the generations of, of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was this is, and the lad was the son of Belial, and with the sons of Zeppah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father the, an evil report. Now Israel, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him, that his father loved him more than then all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it with his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And so, so uh, just a pause right here. So we're reading about Joseph. This is an introduction. Again, he's, he's, the, he's the younger brother. He has 10 other brothers, and there's one more on the way. And uh, he, he, uh, he shares a, a dream, two dreams, actually, that he has with his brothers, that his brothers don't, already don't like him because his dad likes him. His dad likes him more than uh, them. And 
yeah, he's the favorite. He's the favorite child. So if anyone that, you know, uh, has felt that way, you know, you can relate, you know. But uh, he, did, he didn't tell his dad, to, but, but he is his favorite by the, uh, his dad. And he shares these two dreams. The dream number one says, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him yet the more. So what was the dream? And he said unto them, here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obedience to my sheaf, or, uh, or they gave reverence uh, to his sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shall you or will you indeed reign over me or over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dream and for his words. And then what? Joseph had another dream. He said, I have another dream. Yet another dream. And I told his, and he told his brothers, Behold, I have a dream again. Uh, more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience or reverence or uh, even worship can be translated to me. And he told it to his fathers and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that you, you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow down ourselves to you, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father, but his father observed the saying. But his father said, That's kind of weird, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on that. I'm going to let that marinate. I'm going to see what that, where that goes. And then some time passed, and then his father sends him to uh, his brothers. And uh, I just want to pause and just to see what we're reading. So, uh, you know, Joseph is 17 years old, and, and you can read this, but yeah, he's a, I would hate that brother too, just, you know, the brother that knows all or, or that, that sibling that knows it all. And, but you know what, I, when I read that, I don't really think that I don't read that into the scripture, you know? So I, like, he's 17 years old. He's the little kid, right? He's 17. He has all grown brothers. He's looking for some kind of, uh, 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 like, affirmation or uh, reaffirming from his, his family. Like, hey, I, can you tell me, you know, what this is all about? This is a dream. And, his, and, and they, uh, he so innocently just shares his dream, and they just hate him for it. And he's just, hey, I had another dream. I'm just sharing it. He's so innocent. He's just sharing the dream, and they're just hating him the more and more for it. So we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. And then uh, in, verse, in verse 18 through 19 and then 23, it says, And when they saw him, so then Joseph, so his father sends him out, and they're, you know, they're uh, Israelites, they're, they are shepherds, they, they tend the sheep. And so he goes out there to, to just watch and see what his brothers are doing. And when his brothers see him, the Bible says that uh, they look at him and they start conspiring against Joseph. They said, oh, look, there's a dreamer. There he is. Uh, let's, let's, let's see what's going to happen with his dreams. And they conspired to kill their brother, to throw him in a pit, and to just leave him dead and tell their dad, hey, he died. Some animal killed him. It's tragic. Yeah, dad, it's tragic. But he's dead now. Uh, we can move on with life. So that was their plan for their brother. And uh, so, you know, without reading it, you can read it. It's, the Bible says that they, they saw him. He came. They stripped off the coat, and they, and they roughed him up, and they threw him in the pit, and, and uh, just preparing to kill him, right? So I know we're in AC. We're sitting down. We're comfortable. Sunday, long time ago, right? But I, I, I don't want this to be just a story. I want us to take a moment and to really put ourselves in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Now, it's not Joseph we're reading about. It's you. So it could be a family member, it could be, you know, uh, uh, your spouse, ex-spouse, it could be a father figure, it, whatever it is, fill in the blank. I want us to take a moment because we're, um, I, I really believe that the Lord has us to read this and it's not just to pass the time. So I want us to take a moment, whatever that is, close your eyes, do whatever it is, but I want you to put yourself in that place, you, you, you go to see your family members. And you know, you know, siblings, they bicker, but this time is different. They actually grab you, they have evil in their eyes, and they want to kill you, and they intend to kill you, and they threw you into the pit. What do you think is going on in your mind, if you're honest? What would be going on in your mind? What kind of feelings would you have? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking. This is a participatory thing here. 
You feel terrible, hurt, sad, mad, terrified, horrified, shocked. Like, what, 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 why would you do that? I'm your brother. Like, hey, you know, I'm your brother. Why you, why you? But so all these feelings here, the shock, the anger, you may feel hurt, but then you feel enraged and you feel just like beside yourself, like you're my family. Like if, if I cannot be safe in front of family, where can I be safe? And now they, they're going to kill you. So he's thinking all these thoughts, all these emotions are going through his mind, and he's in a pit waiting to die. So, so we're not going to, so I want, I want us to feel that because uh, this morning I, I, I want us to, to look at a subject, and uh, the Bible says that in Luke 17, 1, that if we can have that up somewhere, Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, that it is impossible that no offense will come. So what, what we're reading about Joseph, this story of Joseph, is not just for Joseph. This story is your story. This story is my story. You're like, Duke, no one tried to kill me. My family's bad, but no one tried. Yes, one way or another, you will have this happen to you. Either it has happened to you, or it has already happened to you, or it will happen to you. And that's not, that's not me trying to make more dramatized. Jesus said, it's... It says inevitable. Another translation says it is impossible for offense not to come your way. It is impossible for this not to happen. And I want to encourage you before we go into this, because this is what we're going to talk about, and I believe it's for a purpose. Um, there, God really wants to do, uh, just, he really wants to, uh, to, I'll say it this way. There are a lot of people here that have uh, things that they know they need to do in God, and God wants to bring those things to pass. He wants to bring fulfillment in those areas. And I really feel like the God wants us to come into something. But this right here that we're talking about is something that we have to, to, to pass. We, we have to pass. Amen? We can't, you know, we can kind of live in denial like, no, that will never happen to me. I'll never be offended. Oh, never. <coughs> Everyone loves me. I'm the popular guy. Oh, Oh, yeah, even you. It will happen to you. Just wait for it. If Jesus said it's going to happen, there's no 50-50, no good possibility. It's a sure thing. It's going to happen. So now that you understand that it's going to happen, what are you going to do when it happens? All right? So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about this as a sobering subject. I know. Don't expect you guys to. But I, will, I promise you this, that if we, if we receive what God has for us here, you will shout and you will uh, you you will dance because there is freedom on the other side of this. But um, so so if right now as I'm saying this, things are already coming up in your heart, faces are coming up in your heart, and you're already going through those things, those hurt, the anger, the rage. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. God is not bringing this up for any of that. He's bringing it up to set free freedom, and that's what we read that scripture. He says that. That when he comes, he brings light, he brings freedom, and this message is for freedom. So why is he talking about this? Because he wants us to be free. Amen? Amen. Amen. Who wants to be free? Yeah. Amen. So then we're in a good place. We're in a good place. So if you, you're going through that, you went through that, it's all right. You're in a good place. There's freedom here. So the, what, what is this offense? You know, uh, that, that, the, the Bible describes offense. With a, it's a, it comes from an old Greek word. And it means scandal on. Everyone say scandal on. You never thought your lips would ever say something like that, huh? Scandal on. So what the heck is scandal on? So scandal on, uh, we get the modern word uh, scandal from it. And everyone knows what a scandal is, right? It's something that shocks you. Oh, my gosh, so-and-so. Did you hear what so-and-so happened to so-and-so? And, and, oh, he did with that person over there. And over there, that's called, that's what the modern uh, word we get, scandal. But. That doesn't really hit the, the biblical uh, meaning of this word. So the biblical meaning of this word means actually a uh, trip stick. So I, I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to have you guys say something, but it's, it means a trip stick. And so what that trip stick is like, it's, it's used for, for hunters when they're trying to set a trap for an animal, to catch an animal. What they do is they put it in a, in a place where the animal doesn't see. You guys see National Geographic or whatever, you know. And so you know what they do, and they put it there, put some grass, put some leaves on it. And then you start, the animal comes by unbeknownst to the animal. Big animal could be an elephant, could be a rhino, that they couldn't, that that hunter could not just 
attack him head on, but what he does, he sets a trap for it. And then when he comes, the animal comes by and he poop, grabs the leg and it begins to, a vice begins to close on that foot. And as the seconds go and the moments go, it's very critical what the animal does because that's going to determine how he ends up, right? And that is exactly the picture of what offense is and when it comes. This is exactly how it happens. It happens exactly the same, always the same. It's always shock. Wow, me? Really? Now? You? Yes. It's happening. So, but the thing is that the, it, it's so, it's big animals, little trap. It, so I, I, want, I want to encourage you that, that you're calling every single person in this room, they have a big call. And you, you'd be like, I don't have a big call. Like, if, you, if you've been saved enough, you understand where you are at now and where you were, it's totally different. Amen? My life looks totally different than my life before. And I'm just using me because I can talk about myself, but you, could, you know where you've been. You know where God took you from, right? And, uh, and you know the depths of that. And sometimes I, I, would, I would ask people, like, you know when God saved you? He saved you at your lowest moment. So if you look at your lowest moment in life, the moment that you would not want anyone to know about, God saw you there, he loved you there, and then he delivered you from that spot. And so now look at your life. Wow, that's a big difference, right? That's a big difference. And he didn't save you just for as good as now is. There's something even better. But the thing is that the enemy lays traps for us in life so that way we don't fulfill and walk into that better that God has for us. Amen. So this is going to be the one I use. So I want everyone to say, my call is too great to be trapped up by something so small. And that's what you have to start saying to yourself. Like, no, 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 no. I, I, what God has for me is too great for me to get trapped up by something so small. Because when you begin to look at it in light of everything that God's calling to, it really is. But in the moment, it doesn't look that way. But it really is. So, I, so in the story, we begin to see a pattern. And because uh, the, scripture, the scripture gives us keys how to unlock ourselves if we find ourselves there. So this is a teaching. But I really want, you know, at any point, I, I, I want you guys to really understand that this is something that God wants to set us free. So it's not one of those that we just, you know, it, but it's one of the, this message, if you get it and you get the truths of it, it will set you free for the rest of your life. And, and that's what the enemy uses it so much. Amen. So we're not going to, we already removed the thing of it's not going to happen to me, right? We know that, it, it, who is this for? Somebody didn't come? It's for us, right? It's for me, <laughs> all right? So now that we got that out of the way, one of the things that we begin to see, like when we started the story in Joseph, we saw that it was very, so Joseph, we got introduced with Joseph. He's 17 years old, and he has two dreams. And in those dreams, it begins to speak to what God is actually calling him to. When you came into the kingdom of God, God called you to something. It was very clear. And then it doesn't, it, it, some time passes by, and the enemy sets a trap for every single one, so that way you don't fulfill that. So there is a few things that we can see why this comes. So what we're going to do in this, the time that we have, we're going to explain when offense comes, how it comes, what happens to your heart in the process, and the hope that, that is in God to be set free and to walk into destiny. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about. All right? So I... I want us to, I want us to see that. You guys maybe take a picture because this is something that you'll see. This is not just Joseph. This story is, this reality of this happening and this process happens multiple times in the Bible. It's not once, it's not twice, it's not three times. This is a pattern. And so we can learn. So I'll read it here and then it'll get up there at some point. So there's the calling. Then there's the stumbling block, which can come by an event, uh, a happening and then presenting a, of opposing reality. So, so there's, there's something that happens. You first get calling. You, you get born again. Or, and and, this, and if, you, if you're not saved yet, you're like, well, I'm not born again. So where's mine? The Bible says that before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you and he called you. So this includes you too. Don't feel left out. So if, you, if you're not saved yet, you were called before you, you were entered your mother's womb. And if you, are, if you are saved, you already know you're called. And if you are saved, you know that you have a unique calling. Every single person. And so the calling happens. 
before salvation or after, but the calling is there. The stumbling block is laid in your path, and that can come from an event opposing reality, something that you expected to happen, and then the exact opposite happens. That's opposing reality. The truth itself comes. That's what we read in 933, Jesus is the truth, and that offends you, the truth. And then what happens after that? We get thrust into the process of our heart. And so that's where we left Joseph. Don't let me forget about Joseph, all right? So we're going to come back to Joseph, but before we go back to Joseph and his story, we're going to look in the Bible what it teaches us how to, 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 uh, to, set, to be free from this, because we already know what's going to happen. Well, there's no avoiding it. I'm going to say that a few times because, uh, you know, pride deceives. And uh, we kind of live in the place where we think that this is not going to happen to me. Get over it. It's going to happen to you. Get over it. And the, the faster you get over that, the faster we can look at the answer and really hold on to it. But it's going to happen. And so when it happens, uh, you, you, what are our response to that will determine our future. It will. What that animal does, going back to that animal, what that animal does in that moment when the trap comes will determine if, it, if it's somebody's lunch, if they take their hus, or if that animal gets free. It's the same for us. It, 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 it matters if you're going to walk into your destiny or you're going to be stuck right there for that spot from now on. And that's what the enemy would love for you, to be stuck right where the trap was laid for you, and that's your story. The story is they were doing this, and then one day they got offended, and boom, that's where they ended. But not me. Amen? Amen. So, so we're, we're not going to forget about Joseph. We're going to come back to Joseph, and we're going to go to James 3. Uh, 13 and 17. I'm just going to talk to you guys. We know that what we're talking about is counterculture, right? Yeah. This is opposite of what the world would tell us to do, right? The world, we know we live in, uh, you know, 2023. Uh, what is it called? Cancel culture, right? So, and who's being canceled now? Was it Kanye or, or whoever it is? But you're, you're being canceled, right? And so when everyone says, whoa, you've, when you do this, you're cut, you're done. And the world teaches us that that you just, when something like this happens to you, you immediately shut them off. There is, when, when you go into the processing of this, is very, you pay very attention, very close attention, where you're receiving your wisdom, where you're receiving the input, because that's going to determine the condition and how you stay in your heart. And your heart is the key to be free, all right? So as we read in, in James 3, 13 through 17, I have it here, so I'm going to read it to you. It says, if you are wise, understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up. The truth with boasting and lying for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. Wow. For whichever... For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder, evil of every kind. And, the, you know, the world's wisdom sounds so good. They have TikToks, you know. You know, you, you watch different celebrities and they talk about, oh, you know, uh, not to put them under the bus, some couple. And that one spouse does something and the other one just creates a word. This was an entanglement. And, uh, and uh, this is what happened. And, uh, you know, it's, and the other person has to pretend like they're not offended. But that doesn't work because then you see what happens a little bit later. That offense, if untreated, begins to be a bitter root that you keep eating from and it begins to, uh, to, to contaminate you from the inside. And that's what the enemy wants. So we're not, we're not saying it's not there and we're not taking the wisdom from the world. Because the wisdom of the world say, hey, you know what? You, you got you, you to gotta make walls. You know, you got you to gotta build. You know, you just like... If they do that, you shut them out. You shut them down. You cut them off. You block them. Block them from everything. They don't exist. Ghost them, right? But the thing is that one of the things I, I want to let you know is that time, you know, there's a, there's a saying that people say, time heals all wounds. Have you heard that before? You know that's a lie? That's not true. That is not true. If you got offended, if you were abused when you were a little kid and you did nothing about it, you will be a grown person still with that wound. And you'll wonder, why am I acting this way? Because time does not heal wounds by itself. That's a lie. That's not true. 
So, so what? So in time, but in the process of time, if you do what the work is that you need to do in your heart, your heart will be healed. But if you do nothing in time, you just have an old wound. And it will continue. Everything, like something, will, somebody will say something, you'll be in a relationship, and it will just go all bare. And you're like, I don't know why this is coming out. Because you never dealt with it. That's why it's right there. And so, but the, the Bible doesn't leave us defenseless. It tells us that, uh, that there's a way out. But we just have to understand that there's always going to be people trying to give you advice. But you have to see where you get your advice from. So verse 17, we see the wisdom of God. So let's see what the advice of God gives us in those circumstances. It says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace, loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So there's a few things that we have from receiving the different wisdom, all right? Because I want to teach it, but I also want you guys to, you know, to like, I, I, I want us to see that, the, yeah, so there's some things, but I, I want us to, to, to hit home because this is, this is real. We're going to go through it either way. We might as well know how to get free from it. So when you receive the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world, there's some fruits. And so even if you're not sure where you're getting your wisdom, there are fruits of both of them that will let you know which one you're getting it from. So when you receive wisdom from God, one of the things that you get, your heart begins to be softened. And, and you, you don't, you're just like, ah, you know, your, your heart just a little softened by, by when you're receiving it. But when you receive the wisdom of, uh, of the world, you know what happens to your heart? It gets hard like a rock. And that it's just like somebody could like just take a sledgehammer. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, your heart does not receive. And that's where, that's where, uh, and they will tell you the wisdom of the world will say, but yeah, you know what? It can never happen to you again. Never. They'll never do that to you again, right? And you know what the thing is that when you put your posture, it sounds good, but you now, first of all, can never, you yourself can never conditionally love anybody. Your love is always conditional. And who loves in unconditional uh, love? Go ahead. Raise your hand. You love some conditional love? You love some? No, no. We don't like that love. But that's the only love you will be able to give, conditional love. You do this, I'll do this. If you mess up, hey, you're done. Sorry. Peace. But you know what? That's, that's, that's the wisdom of the world. And so when you're seeing that, again, we're just, God is doing this so we can see. If you find yourself on one side or the other, understand that there is, right now, you can quickly come to the other side. Because that's what, that's what the word does. The word brings free. The, the, the Bible says that when the word comes, it makes us Free. Amen? Amen? So the other thing is that when you, when you receive the wisdom from God, you, there's an openness that happens in your heart. You're open. You may not be there yet. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not, this message, I'm not going to tell you at the end. And then when you say this prayer magically, then it, you'll be healed. And that'll be it. That's not true. And you, you won't get that from me. So I shared my testimony of, of when I got saved and, and, and uh, God told me to forgive my dad. And I did, and there was, this, there was this working that happened. But you know, years later, years, years, years later, like 14, 12 years later, I was at a, you know, feeling good in God, doing God stuff. And I'm on a, uh, like a, like a minister's trip, and I'm ministering. And then and one of the, like a prophet, he says, hey, how's your relationship with your dad? And I'm like, oh, it's good. It's good. I mean, let me tell you this testimony of what happened. He goes, oh, yeah, there's something there still. And I'm like, huh. And uh, so I, I just held that. And then years later, uh, in a conversation with my dad, there was so much stuff that was, he just, he just, he told me this. He said, ask your dad, and this is my situation, so there's no one size fits all, okay? All right? But in this situation, he told me, ask your dad, if you ever get a chance, about his dad, okay? Just ask him. And uh, I'll leave that right there for a little bit. But that ended up leading to so much breakthrough for, oh, well, I'll tell you now. So we're here, so we'll talk. So, you know, right before I got married, uh, my dad came over, and my dad's from the islands, and, you know, they, they just, like, they'll bring up a, a subject out of nowhere sometimes, and he just, he starts talking up about uh, his dad. And I'm like, why are you talking about this? I'm, I'm like, but let me listen. Let me drink my coffee. And uh, he's like, and so my dad, you know, he, he uh, you know, he was married to his wife, uh, to my grandma, right? And your grandma, and then uh, he was, and he starts telling me about him. 
and not to uh, uh, you know, burden you with the details, but he ends up saying what his dad did to him was exactly what he did to me. He did the same exact thing. So long story short, my dad, my, my, my great, my dad's dad left his family to go to another family because, you know, they had some money. He went to another family to get more money. And, and he just, and he, my dad would come to them and he would be like, the, the lady would say to him, oh, I'm so sorry you have to live with this person and you live like that. And he would come back feeling so dejected and rejected. And then, and then my dad ended up doing the same thing to us. Where you know we were, uh, so I'm opening my heart now. So, uh, so, my, so I, I love my dad. I just want you to know I forgive my dad. Okay, so I don't say these things to put shame on my dad because my dad was a very um, just hardworking person. Came to this country, yeah. making 25 cents, and then and then uh, he bought a car, made a taxi business out of it, making more than six figures when he, in the in the 90s. My dad, he, he did good, you know. So I thank God, and that I can receive that testimony now because it's mine. Because, because uh, I, I've been freed. But my dad did the same thing to me. And for the longest time, I was like, you, we had a good life. And you made my life hard when you didn't have to. And so, but I didn't get that, that revelation of that until years later. And then what the enemy's plan was for my family line was broken. So my kids will not go through that. My family will not go through that. But the thing is that the enemy always will hide your destiny behind the offense. He will hide your destiny behind the offense. I don't know how much time we have, but this is, takes some time. And we're, we're really, this is the spirit of it. I want you to catch the spirit of what we're talking about. There's a great book called The Bait of Satan. If you haven't read it, read it. It's wonderful. It will walk you through. So what we're trying to do is catch the spirit of this and not try to hit every angle because we'll be here for a very long time. All right. So I'm trying to get you the spirit, but the enemy would will lay your destiny on the other side of offense. And, and so we begin to see that. So but before we get to that, this little teaser, how do we get free? How do we get free? What is the antidote to offense? You guys already know. Forgiveness. Yes. And Jesus says forgive. So the antidote to forgiveness uh, to, to offense is forgiveness. And I'm going to, um, uh, and, and, and some of you are like, you know what, I, that's so good, but, um, uh, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, but I, I pray that at the end that you would, you would uh, respond to this message. But I'm going to, you know, in the, in, the, uh, in the Middle East, you know, there's two C's. I'm not going to have you say two C's. There's no, remember, there's two C's. And right now in your life, for anyone that's dealing with bitterness, you'll realize something. You may feel, oh, like, yeah, but, you know, it'll never happen to me, and I put these walls. But um, if you notice that what happens is, I'm going to tell you there's two C's, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's two C's in the Middle East. There's, there's many, but two C's we're going to talk about. There's one called the, Gal, the, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, all right? And, you know, Dead Sea is cool, right? You know, you float. It's all salt and stuff like that. That's cool. But there's a spiritual principle. We're going to look in that. So the first sea, the Galilee Sea, it receives, of course, water coming in. There's fish. We hear Jesus, all the disciples on the Dead Sea, they catch all these fish and all this stuff. But then there's another sea called the Dead Sea. And what happens to the Dead Sea is that the, even the waters from Galilee go through these rich waters, all the fish and all this stuff come through. It goes to the Dead Sea, but there's no way out of the Dead Sea. And so what happens to anything that comes in, over time, it begins to die. There is no fish there because they all are dead. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea. And so when you're living with a, a fence, you're walking around, but you're, you're dead inside. And you wonder why when people come to your lives after a while, they either are infected with the same thing or they leave. It's because it's bitter. The Dead Sea is bitter water. It's salt. It's bitter. And when you're around somebody like that, they only spew bitterness. And so that is toxic and that will kill anyone that's around you. And so I encourage you not to be in that. I encourage you to be set free from that because God doesn't want you to be in the bitter waters. We serve the God that makes the bitter waters sweet, right? So he can make your Dead Sea a Galilean Sea if you let him. But, it, but, but that, there's a reason why those things happen. It's because the bitterness takes root in our life. The Bible says in Hebrews, be sure not to let a, this bitter root come into your life because then if so, you would even fail the grace of God 
That's not a good place to be. Amen? But that is why those things happen. It's because the enemy wants now you to be walking around, but you're, you're dead inside. You, I don't want to be dead. So uh, I just want to encourage you, you oh, it, it's time to live again. All right? Amen. So if you're dealing with that, it's time to move on. It's time to live your life again. It's time to get from unstuck from that spot and begin to live again. And the way of that is, again, forgiveness. It's to release, not only to experience life and what happened, but to now release life. Because if you don't do that, you will, you will become this dead sea. You have to experience life, and you also have to release life. The good, the bad, the other. You have to re you receive it, and you release it. So it's happening to you, and you have to let it go. Because if you don't, you will be stuck, and that, that you will become the dead sea. Amen? I don't want to be the dead sea. Amen. Is this making sense? Is this making sense? All right, so I, I, I just praise God. Like, I just, because God really wants us to, he really has, uh, uh, he wants us to come up into the, the things that he, he has for us, but he doesn't want us to be robbed. And it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. And I, one of the things I told you, I'm not going to tell you something like, oh, after you do this, it's going to be, ah, oh, it's not, there's no such thing as hocus pocus Christianity, okay? There's sometimes people think that you do this thing because we come into Christianity, you get born again, and this is an amazing thing. Like I shared my testimony, you have the same testimony. But then most of Christianity is process. Most of Christianity is process. You can clap for that. You're still going to be in it. Most of Christianity is a process. And this process is of uh, leaving who you were and becoming who God called you to be. The Bible says you're having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof to what? To make you like God. He wants to make you like him. And, and God forgives. And so you guys know the scriptures. All right. So it says in, but we'll, we'll, we'll go there. And it, we're going to look at the scripture of in, um, where is it here? In Matthew 6, 14 through uh, 15, it says, For if you forgive other people for their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive your offenses. Very simple. You need to forgive to be forgiven. So why do I do it? Because you need to forgive to be forgiven. That's it. That's it. Simple. Because he said so. And I, and I will say this. Like, I understand it's a process. So. If you want to say process in your mind, you can, but it is that, okay? Um, but, you know, uh, the other thing I want you to know, when, when Jesus, the disciples ask Jesus, hey, hey, if somebody offends you or, or, or sins against you uh, seven times, that should be enough, right? If they sin against you seven times, Jesus, then you can cut them off, right? That's when you cut them off. That's when you lay the hand on them now, right? And he says, uh, no, I tell you actually seven times 70. What? Seven times seven, not, not 49, but a lot bigger than that, right? And it's just like, and he's just saying, I want you to forgive that way, meaning that I want you to continue forgiving. And just let me help you uh, for any religious teacher you have. You forgive, and when you forgive, it's not saying the person did not do anything wrong. It's not saying that it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. What they did to Joseph and what they were doing is, is devilish. They wanted to kill their brother. That's devilish. That's not good. All right, that's wrong. But you forgive because God said so, and you forgive to be forgiven. That's simple as that. Because you know what? As bad as other people sin, you know who? No one looks good in sin. I don't look good in sin. You don't look good in sin. Just remember where you were before you you got saved. You didn't look good there, did you? Did you look good? Would you date you? <laughs> no, I won't date me. Right. So, so, but now in God, you look better. And so you have, to, you have to keep that place and like say, hey, I have to do the same thing because he did that for me. I have to do it. And, and, and that's the reality. And that reality is how you stay free. Amen. And we're all about staying free. So um, I hope this is helping. I know it's, but it, it's good. Amen. It, it, say it's, oh, it, it's worth it. Okay. It is worth it. It's worth being free. It is worth walking into destiny. It is. It's not worth being stuck. It's not worth having somebody having control over you. When you see them, you're stuck. You can't even move. That's not worth it. That's not life. Yeah. Amen. And God wants us to move into what he has for us. And that means getting unstuck. Yeah. Getting out of the trap. Yeah. 
Get unstuck. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is good. So, uh, yeah, I know. It, it, but, you know, we, the, you see, uh, the Bible, we have all, we have, we have the, the things that make you say hallelujah, the things that if you do it, you will, you will, you will dance, and this will be the biggest breakthrough over time. But, but, that's, but we have to receive both. They're both good. They're both God. Amen. So um, no one gets out of this alive, all right? So everyone has to do this, right? So I, I just want to, uh, the time is there, so I'm just going to start sowing nuggets into you. And then I'm just going to encourage you to read your Bible. And uh, when you do that, you'll see these things, but because we only have so much time, right? So uh, everyone gets through this. The Bible says, you know, Jesus went through this. The Bible says so many examples of people that went through it. Moses, David, Joseph, Jesus. Everyone goes through this. Peter, Paul, you, everyone goes through these things. But what we do, it, again, it, it's going to determine what we, what we have. But I want to tell you something. This is, we're going to do some, I want you to participate. Uh, so how do we grow in God? Can somebody tell me? Call out answers. How do you grow in God? Okay, reading pro, I like that one. What else? Devotionals, good. All right, so you guys are giving some nice technical advice. Okay, good. All right. So a lot of times people, so I'm just going to read this to you and, uh, and, and explain it a little bit. So maturity and age, how we grow in the kingdom is totally different than how we grow in every other spot. When you, when you are born from your mother, you, how you grew is they give you milk, they give you food, and then over time, you grow, right? Just time and food. You never see the baby my height, right? Never, right? Never six foot something baby. Never seen that. Because it's time and food that causes the growth. How do you, how do you grow intellectually? How do you grow intellectually? Yes, amen. Learning. Learn, intellectual growth is a, is, a, is, a, is a product of learning. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you grow spiritually? Now, very poignant answer. Spend time with Jesus. And, but that's part of it. But, but you spend time with Jesus, and then he'll do what after a while? He'll say something to you, right? How you grow in God is obedience. That's the only way you grow. So when you spend time with Jesus, he's going to say something. A lot of times you don't like it. But if you do it, but if you do it, you will grow. And that is how we grow in the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. And so God is telling us something because he wants to grow us up so we can walk into destiny. I don't have time to talk about it, but the Bible says that uh, 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 someone that has heir of everything, of all this call, if he does not grow up, he is no different than a slave. Do you want to be a slave? I don't want to be a slave. And so we must grow up to receive all that God has for us because if not, you will remain a slave. You will remain a slave to this and you will remain a slave in life. I don't want to be a slave. Amen. Amen. So, so, so this is how it is obedience. It's a function of obedience that we actually grow up and mature in God. Hallelujah. So this is good. This is grown-up food we're eating right now. So, you, you know, when you're eating the steak, you got to cut that thing a few times and chew on it. Chew on it. So chew on it. This ain't milk. Chew on it. Chew on that thing. But you know what? That's what, that's what gives you the meat. That's what gives you really, makes you really strong. So God wants us to be strong in God now. All right? So... So, oh, let me not forget about Joseph. So what happened to Joseph? So Joseph, instead of killing Joseph, they, they, the kindness of their heart, they said, you know what? He is our brother. We ain't going to kill him. So what we're going to do for Joseph is we're going to sell him. We're going to sell Joseph, and he's going to be a slave. All right? That's what we're going to do for Joseph. And they see some Israel, uh, Ishmaelites, and they sell Joseph for, as a commodity for some pieces of silver. And Joseph is sold into slavery to a people he doesn't know, a language he doesn't know, never to see his family again. Right. And, and that's how that was. There, there was a mercy for him. So I don't know. Jo everyone has to walk this process. I don't know. Uh, so, of course, Joseph went and got purchased by Potiphar, a guard in, in, in Pharaoh's house. And uh, he began. The Bible says that God was with Pharaoh and, and, and uh, God was with Joseph. And he, and he had favor with Pharaoh's guard and he began to grow. And he and, and, and the guard actually gave him command over all his house. Everything, everything, nothing was done in that guy's house unless Joseph said it. And then so much so that now this guy's wife likes Joseph and she wants to sleep with him. 
And he's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. Like, the, uh, God is good. He's been faithful to me. He's, your, your husband has given me everything except you. And you're his wife, of course. I don't know. But as you know the story, she lies on him. And what happens to Joseph? He gets thrown to prison. And then he's just like, man, you, you think you, you, you passed the test and you're going through it. Now you got to go through another one. And the Bible says, again, God was with Joseph. And he prospered again. And he was again. The, 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 the one that controlled all the prison. You see, when you obey God, doesn't matter your situation, he will cause you to rise up in every situation when you obey God. And he doesn't mean, this is not happy, clappy Christianity, doesn't mean you're not going to go through hard stuff, but you will, God will be with you. And that is, that's, there's a value in that. And so, and then we, we know the story, jo- Joseph interprets the dreams of two guys, uh, 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 a but, uh, so uh, the cupbearer and a baker, right? And he tells the two stories. The cupbearer, he doesn't die. And then the baker, sorry, Mike, he gets executed. And then, uh, but then he leaves. And Joseph thinks that he's, oh, this is my shot. And uh, he's going to tell the Pharaoh about me and, and how I've been wronged. And this two years goes by and nothing happens, right? And so all of these times he had the opportunity to be what? Offended. So we talked about being offended at people. Maybe you're offended at God. I don't know. You could be offended at God. You could be offended at some, you know, oh God, I did all this. I served you, and, and it still hasn't happened for me. What the, you know? And, but you know what? That, that, that is not, that is, that's a trap, okay? <laughs> don't be offended at God, all right? So it's a trap. <laughs> so first off, the person that sets a trap is the devil, but God will work in that, he will always turn it for your good. Amen. He will always turn it for your good if you say we're done. And so we know the story. Uh, Joseph, you know, he, the Pharaoh calls him one day, and Joseph in the prison like he's always been, and they say, hey, you Hebrew, it's time. Uh, the Pharaoh wants to see you. Cut your hair. They cut his hair. They change his prison clothes and do all this stuff, and they send him up to see the Pharaoh, and he begins to ask God for the interpretation. And you could, you could come up at some point we uh, so he asked God for the interpretation. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. And uh, Pharaoh's like, oh, my, you have the wisdom of God is in this man. Hey, what? The wisdom of what? God is in this man. And who better than you to, to do what you're saying to do? And he says, you will be in charge of everything in my country. And Egypt is the most strong, powerful place in the, the nation at the time, in the world at the time. He goes, you will, uh, besides my throne, there is no one greater than you in this place. And Joseph begins to come back into the thing that God said. He, he, he comes up into it, into destiny. But it was because he passed what? That he passed this test. You have to pass the test. You can't skip this test. It will happen. Amen? So, again, I'm going to encourage you guys to read your Bible. I'm going to say some people that passed the test, people that didn't pass the test. Look them up. Study them. It will help you out. All right, so some people that passed the test was, of course, we have Joseph. We just read about Joseph that passed the test. King David passed the test. He was anointed to be king. Then he was offended. He could have been offended by the king that was there, that had him in there, that wanted to kill his life, but he chose not to take it in his own hands. And uh, he, he passed the test, and he became what? King. Abraham, father of many nations. He was 100 years old still. The, 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 God told him, you're going to be father of many nations. 100 years passed by. He's 100 years old, no kids. He could have got offended, but he didn't, right? Now he's a father of faith, right? So then we have Joseph, right? This we just, again, this test keeps coming. But you know what? You know, the the Bible is fair. It tells you about people that pass and people that don't pass, right? So we know about Cain, right? Have you heard about Cain? Cain killed his brother, Abel. He did not pass the test. He failed the test. Judas. He got offended at some point. He was excited, happy to be one of Jesus' disciples. Man, but then he got offended somewhere along the way. He sold Jesus out for some money. He failed the test. Absalom, if you ever heard about him, King David's son. He, uh, he got offended. He thought his dad should do some stuff he didn't do. And uh, he, he failed the test. He died. Okay? So, but that's, let's say not me. Not me. So I, I, want, I want to encourage you to take that step today and respond to this message. I know it's not, but.
but it's a very necessary message that we had to. And yeah, you know, it, it's good. Uh, so I, I want to encourage you guys to respond today because you, you, it's worth it to, 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 to be free. It's worth it to walk into destiny. It's worth it. All right? It's worth it. But you have to, you have to respond. And so I want to make a promise to you, and this is a promise that God it says in his word that when you choose to forgive, that, that God moves towards you. That what, see, there, there's two movements. If when you say in your heart, I will not forgive, the devil moves close to you. And the Bible says that where those things that we just read in James 3, it says that when there, there's envy and strife, you have every working of evil there. There is a flood of evil that begins to come to your life. And you will see more and more of the same people come to reinforce that. And the devil comes towards you. But I want to promise you that when you make the move to obey God in this, God begins to step close to you. And God is here in this room this morning. It's not just a message you, you know. It, uh, this is not the message people would pick. This is a, it's a message that you have to obey to say. And so I'm obeying God today and sharing this message to you. And I, I would pray that you obey God and respond to this message because if you do, there is a flood of God that begins to come to you. That flood will break that dead sea and make it a sea that is alive again. In that water, there is a river that comes from the throne of God and there is deliverance, there is freedom, there is breakthrough, there is healing for your heart when you respond. But I pray that you will respond to this message this morning. God is here. God is here. He's here to heal the brokenhearted. Your heart is hurt, I know. Come to Jesus with your heart. He will heal it. He is faithful. We sung it before. I hope we sing it again. That, that he will come and heal our hearts. So posture yourself in a place of receiving as, as we begin to, to respond to this message. I pray that you would, you would respond. You see, uh, God spoke to Cain. You know, we say that Cain was one of the people that didn't pass the test, and I pray that it's not any of us. He said, Cain, why are you downcast? Why are you angry? If you do right, won't I bless you? Won't I receive you? So God is not your, your, your enemy this morning. Don't be mad at God. That's a trap. Release that offense. Start the process. It is a process. But respond to him. Because if you do, he promises he will come like a flood to you. Amen. And Father, right now in the sound of my voice, I pray, Lord God, that, that the, the message within the message, the message that you have been speaking to every heart in this place, I pray that you amplify your voice and the voice of the enemy is lowered right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that boldness begin to rise up in the hearts of your people today to respond to this and to say, I will no longer live bound. I will no longer be a slave to this. I will. I want to continue my life. I want to live again. And I pray that as they do it, that your Holy Spirit does what he is so faithful to do, that you come in your presence, you come in your power, and you begin to heal your people. You begin to touch your people. I'm going to ask you to do something. As if this message has touched you, if you've been hearing the voice of God, I, what, however that looks for you, I want you to respond to God. Faith without works is dead. We don't want to do any dead things. We only want to do things that beget life. And I, I ask you to respond, however that ever looks like. If that means responding, come over here to get free, then do it. If that means standing up where you are, do it because there is, there is freedom. So in uh, Genesis 50, I want to share this epiphany that Joseph had. So some time has come. Just to continue letting you know what happens is that the, there was a famine in Israel, I mean in Egypt. There was a famine in all the lands and in Egypt. Joseph had the wisdom of God and he had the food and his brothers came just as his dream said. And they needed to, they, they were hungry, they didn't want to die. So they came, they met with Joseph. They didn't know it was Joseph because they didn't recognize him. And uh, <laughs> the person that was uh, 
the one that they left for dead has come back to make sure that they don't end up dead. And uh, he, he tells them, well, go get your father, go get, which is his dad. If you're telling the truth, go get your family, go to everybody, and we'll see that you guys are not spies. They obeyed, they did, they did that, and uh, his family was blessed. His family was kept. But then in Genesis 50, some time has passed, and Jacob's dad has passed away, and his brothers is like, oh, man, he's going to get us now because our dad is is dead and he probably didn't want to take vengeance on us because you know dad was still alive but now there's no hope for us he's going to definitely uh crush us because what we did to him and this is what what uh genesis 50 what what uh joseph says in that time but joseph said to them do not be afraid for i am in for am i in god's place that's a question as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So God wants you to come to that place that we call that graduation day. He has passed his test. And, and when you pass your test, you will know because there is no more vengeance in your hands. And you say, vengeance is not mine, it's, it's God's. And you meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. God is bigger than this small thing. And God will still work out his plan. There is no man, there's no devil, there's no demon in hell that can keep you from God's call. Only we can do that. So I pray that you respond. And just as, as God said to Cain, sin is knocking at your door. Won't you master it? It wants to master you. And we're going to say today by faith, that I will not let the sin of offense master me, but I will master it because God has given us power over it. Amen. Stand with me as we, we worship God. Hallelujah. And uh, I pray that you will respond.
for joining us and uh, if you need to come up front go ahead and do that but uh, uh, we bless you Father bless your people let your face shine upon them and in their weeks and let them know that you are with them in Jesus name Amen God bless you for coming